I just got stuck in a bogey train. Hey there, Alexa. ladies and gentlemen. Alexa. Welcome to episode 32 of the Bogey Train Podcast, presented by Vice Golf Bogey Train Podcast. Your host, Nick, here with Jangs. Uh, I've been hearing Noah J may or may not be hopping on at a later time. That will be uh, TBD, but we will just uh, send it and see what happens. Jangs, what's good? A whole lot. Rocking the stash now. Uh, obviously, we don't do video podcasts, so our listeners don't know what I look like, but typically I have a beard. I'm down to the stash for the summer. Um. Yeah, feeling good. Last day of school today with kids. We got a couple of days of in-service this week, but um, yeah, last day of school with the kids. Last day for me with the kids at the school I am currently at. I'm moving schools next year, so uh, kind of a, a a big day for me. Okay, now I'm confused. So didn't your school have graduation uh, yes. already? Yes. Yes. They so did. how how are you still having days with students? All the students except for the seniors still have to come to school. Oh. Once the seniors graduate, they're done, but everybody else still has to uh come to school. It's very, very weird, you know, not what I'm used to. Uh where we went to high school, they didn't do that. So it's kind of goofy, but you just got done playing some golf. I did. I'm fresh off the golf course. Just played uh, nine holes. Little money game uh, with some of the guys at my my local course. Uh, came out on top. Won twenty three bucks, I think, tonight. So there you go. Nice night. Uh, we were chatting right before uh, we started recording. You said you you figured something out, or what? What was the uh, <laughs> what was the bombshell you were going to drop on me? There's been a development the last two rounds that I've played. Uh, and I guess by rounds, they're, they're nine whole rounds. But uh, so last week, it would have been Wednesday. Uh, last Wednesday, which is my first round playing after I kind of went in with this new swing thought that Nick showed me, kind of a feel versus real Justin Rose type thought uh, and had worked on that a little bit. Go into my first round last Wednesday, and I, I, you know, I play golf. I shoot 39, not a great score. But when I input my round into uh, golf metrics, my approach game was that of a plus one handicap, which in the rounds previous, like the round I played with Nick earlier, I was in like the the high single digits, maybe low teens for handicap approach. So that was kind of a huge jump. Uh, you know, I was hitting the ball pretty well. Uh, from 100 to 150, I gained half a shot. From 200 to 250, I gained 0. 0.3 shots. I mean, there's kind of a a huge jump there for me. And fast forward to tonight where I play another nine hole round, I shoot 37, uh, two birdies, three bogeys. But in my round tonight, my approach game was that of a plus four handicap. 
And again, uh, gained a whole shot from 200 to 250. I gained 0.83 from 100 to 150. I only lost 0.2 from 150 to 200. You are um, comparing against a scratch, right? I'm against a scratch, yep. Okay. So the the iron game, which has kind of been my downfall uh, as of recently... Seems to be uh, shaping up in the right direction a little bit. Well, and today was my first. A, that's that's a positive development. How was how was just the overall uh, contact on the irons and distance? I remember the time we played; it was weren't really striking it all that well. Sort of uh, wasn't going the full distance that you were used to on your irons. Yeah, distance was you know pretty normal today. I would say um, you know a little bit. A little bit shorter, but that's me swinging a little bit easier, not trying to kill it as much. Uh, and the the new Vice golf balls that are in the bag. First round with the Vice Pro Plus today. So, you know, just a little bit like five yards shorter distance. Um, but, you know, really everything else, it's, it's back to normal. Um, you know, I tell you what, those Vice Pro Pluses off the tee, have some some movement we were playing that so we were playing uh white tees so we were not playing the tips for our money game today but white tees uh and the first hole it's a very short par five it's one yellow nick it's like 445 from the white tees Uh, i had 105 in jeez and the second hole uh, I blocked way to the right, uh, kind of hit. I didn't see the ball, but it sounded like it was kind of like a, a just a little bit of a, a high kind of major power fade, as one might call it, uh, which still went 310. So yeah. I, I've kind of got some some driver distance back with these Vice Pro Pluses. Uh, spin-wise, I don't know if it's just uh, – my home course being a little bit firmer. The new superintendent this year has kind of made it a point that he wants the greens to be firm and fast. So they're not just like super spongy and soft like they used to be. So I'm not spinning firm and the fast for a Muni that gets a ton of play is an yeah. old strategy. Um, so I'm not getting as much spin as I used to. And I'm not sure if that's because of the greens or because, you know, the pro pluses are a little bit less spinny. Are you like, are what distance are you talking from? Like polar like, wedge shots or like one, chips or one seventy, like one fifty to like plus. Because I don't think I don't think you're gonna notice much of a difference from like on full shots, but yeah. I I could be wrong. And well, I mean, I noticed one for sure. So usually like my 80 yard wedge shot is a, like, I'll hit, it's just a nice full pitch with a 56 degree. And I'll mm. usually land about 80, one, two hop, and then kind of check up. So today I had 85. And I said, I'm going to hit my full, you know, 56 pitch shot like I would normally hit 80. Lands about five, six feet short of the flag, takes one big hop, and then checks up. And I have seven feet coming back from the other side of the pin. So, I mean, this ball landed and then went 13 feet and then stopped. So, I mean, they're just releasing a little bit more than I'm used to. 
Um, and uh, and I noticed because I played there uh, over the weekend. I had a pitch shot from the fairway, seventy-four yards, and I I hit the shot exactly how I tried to landed it. I don't know how many yards short of the hole it landed. Maybe like maybe like five yards short of the hole. Pretty much played the shot perfectly. I thought I was just going to check up right next to the hole, but it just released to like uh, twelve to fifteen feet past the hole. Oh, I was, um, and that was with my Pro B one. So I don't know if that's. It, it could just be. Could just be the greens. Game, maybe. Yeah, like I've never, I've never felt like I've ever gotten a lot of spin on those greens. Yeah, but, but. first round with the Vice Pro Pluses today, honestly felt really good. Um, I was kind of worried because they felt a little bit like kind of harder because they are the the four layer. Um, Is that just like off the putter or in general? Off the like when I was just kind of messing around, like taking it off my driver, waiting to tee off. Mm-hmm. It just felt like not as soft as a Pro V1 felt. But out on the course, couldn't tell a difference. Got a little bit nervous because kind of one of the downsides you hear with vices is that they're maybe not as durable as a Pro V. I've heard the opposite, and actually. First hole, I pay, I mark my ball for my birdie putt. I pick up the ball. I kind of look it over. Huge scuff on the ball from my wedge. You're kidding me. Just I mean, from your 105 wedge shot? It was either my driver or it was my wedge, and I don't think it was my driver. So, um, but after that, didn't see any other scuffs on the ball. So I don't know what happened there. If it maybe it landed weird on something, I don't know. But, hmm. but yeah, uh, definitely love the device golf balls, the Pro Plus. There we go. Um, I was just looking over, I, like I mentioned, I played on Saturday. I was just sort of looking over my numbers. Um, still in my, uh, five round free trial on, uh, circles since my five day, uh, golf metrics expired. I, let's see, my overall strokes gained was compared to scratch 3.46 in the positive. This was on Saturday. You're talking. Yep. Uh, I shot a 71. I gained 1.29 off the tee, which, I mean, I felt like I actually drove it pretty horribly. Um, Because there were three different times on my front nine, I was hitting recovery shots from right next to trees. Um, I gained 1.08 approach, gained 2.35 short game, and lost 1.26 putting. Yeah, you and uh, the trend. Yeah, so I and specifically putting from seven to twenty-one feet, I lost two point one. So you you kind of mentioned the driver. Um, I, what I've noticed too is against a scratch, you know, gaining strokes driving is really not that difficult. Like I will have drives that you know maybe I'll only hit like two seventy. I won't really catch all of it, but I'll mm-hmm. still gain like. Point one or point one five strokes, and that's because um, so this app sort of goes into detail a little bit of w- why it is the way it is, and I think this had like the average driving distance for a male scratch golfer at like two fifty five. 
Goodness. So if you are hitting your drive in a position to where, I mean, you're not taking a penalty shot or needing a recovery. I mean, if you're past 255, you're probably going to be at least gaining something is sort of what I've, yeah. Um, what I've figured out. So, um, so yeah, this app um, that I have now only just had one round in, you can compare against a scratch or you can also do uh, NCAA division one, two or three, or like grow ready. So those are the different levels you can compare against. So it'll be, it's very similar to golf metrics. It, you know, it doesn't really say which side you miss the fairway on or, you know, where you miss. It's just, it's, it's all the same sort of thing. You know, he fairway, rough sand recovery, all that sort of thing. So I'm going to keep inputting until I get my Arcos, which I ordered. And then I'll, I'm going to give the Arcos a good, uh, a good run here. May even put out a full review of it. We'll see. But so yeah, I'm excited to try the Arcos, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with it uh, all the way. I'm just sort of going with it. Cause I got the sensors for free and I got a 45 day free trial. Yeah. So so yeah should we talk uh pga championship yeah i feel like i was going to talk about something else that's been going on with us but i don't remember what it was oh i got my fitting this week that's what it was oh iron fitting on saturday yeah saturday so, gonna try out a couple new irons probably gonna look kind of a titleist guy so i'll definitely look at the titleist uh t100 t200 something like that I want to look at the Mizunos, and I kind of also want to take a look at the Strixon ZX7s. So, well, you wouldn't go wrong with uh, any of those, or maybe so, I'll just say screw it and I'll get some sub seventy irons. Get some Cobra. Ooh, I could be like Ricky. Yeah, and Justin Rose. You know, I, looking at my mustache, you know what tour pro I kind of look like, or former two, tour pro, just the mustache. Do you remember Johnson Wagner? Yeah, he works for Golf Channel now. Does he? Does he yep. still have the mustache? Yeah, I think so. He's he's an on course. Uh, I think he's an on course guy now. Okay. The guy's a legend. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious. Ladies and gentlemen, out of the welcome, woodwork. Welcome to the Bogey Train podcast. First time guest, Mr. Joe Anonson. No, what is up? Thanks for reaching out to me again. It's good to be back on. How, what have you been up to, Noah? You know, what's uh What's kind of the word been? It's been a little while since we've had you on here, so it's, since we've heard from you. I know. I miss you, boys. I miss chatting with the fellas. So what, what's been up? What have you been doing? I'm a, busy, I'm a busy man. For those of you who know, I'm out working at Pinehurst, number 10, the new course that Tom Doak is building. Um, I just played a couple holes out there tonight, actually. On number 10 or just at Pinehurst? Yeah. <laughs> On number 10. On number 10. Wow. I bet, I bet you didn't get much roll out on the greens. No, not much. Um, 
we just seeded like 11 greens. So I actually only had that far along. That's pretty sick. Nice. Are you at Pinehurst right now? Uh, Oh yeah. We got like an Airbnb with the shakers. I wasn't sure if you were in like a cabin or something like that, or if you were, Oh, it's like just, it's like just down the road, maybe eight minutes. Yeah. What's been the biggest eye opener or uh, most, I guess, thing that's mm. stu- that sticks out that you've learned so far from your from your short time there? What have I learned? I haven't learned anything. Um, learned that I every learned course that needs a driver par three. <laughs> yeah. How about that tee box I built today? Absolutely absurd. Two ninety boys. Give any details on that sort of stuff? Yeah, that might be like NBA. I told you I'd have to kill you. 290 yards. R3. (laughs) That's just, that's so stupid. They were debating. Do I step on a five or hit an easy four? That's the question. I know, that's the question. That's the question. Well, if it's downwind, it's probably like a smooth seven, but. Is is the hole downhill or is it just. Yeah, it's downhill and it plays down way like it plays with the prominent wind. So it it'll be doable. But that's they just, were like that's deb- still insane. They were debating on whether or not to make it a par three or a par four until like two weeks ago. Nick, do you remember well, the Doesn't hat? that change the I do remember that hat. Doesn't that change the the entire design of the hole though? What the par is? Yeah, it was either gonna be like a drivable par par four or just a long par three. So I feel like those that just different like, factors would have to make it like could totally change the design because if it's a really it long could. par three, the green has to be at least somewhat receptive to yeah. to really long approach shots. But if it's a sh- short <laughs> par four, like the green could be a lot smaller target and have more trouble no. around it. Probably, yeah. No, that that hole is going to be impossible. Just like imagine five yellow being a par three. That would just be so stupid. I had 49 yards in on that hole the other day. Um, it's so, sweet though. Overall, it's been very fun. Cool to see like um, a really nice course be built. Yeah, that's, Where, I bet that's just like I've never really seen that. Uh, yeah, they're projecting. Know, place. They're projecting top fifty worldwide course. Jeez, were and you able so like, to put is, in a is, good word for Tom Doak to come on the podcast? <laughs> I'll get him on. I'll actually see if he wants to get on. That would actually be sick. You would have to be on. That would be uh, crazy. Which which yeah, is so, impossible. So so yeah, actually yeah. In that yeah, case, um, what was I going to say? So does this course have like aspirations of hosting huge events or is it just sort of adding to the collection of Pinehurst? No. Yeah. It's just going to be like a nice, like one of Pinehurst, Pinehurst gems. It's going to be, it's going to be the nicest course at Pinehurst, but okay, you now. can't, you can't be, it's not more famous than number two. If that makes sense. Well, obviously. So, but it'll be a better course. Mm, bold better than number two there you know, uh okay here's a, here's a good quiz question how much money do you think they're going to charge people to play this course 
I would say probably uh, most Pinehursts are. I I'd feel like in like the hundreds. So I'd say like. I would. I was gonna think like two fifty. Four fifty. Jeez, that is a lot. I thought I way <laughs> highballed it on that guess. <laughs> that that is a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know about that. Um. <laughs> other than that, I mean, any, anything else before we talk some PGA Championship? Let's see. Um. Not really. Just kind of started work a week and a half ago. Been grinding. I played disc golf yesterday. Probably not getting a lot of a lot of time for real golf at the moment. No, no. Unfortunately, I hit the the uh, the eight tee shots I hit today were like the only golf balls I've hit in like two weeks. So, so they just wanted to see like how a two forty five drive is going to look. Yeah, they're they're like, who's the most average golfer we know? Let's throw him out there and see where his tee balls go. Dude, you got to get uh, on one of these apps. So I, I guess I don't know how long. Yeah, it's dude. Been I, since you've on the pod, because we've been, I, I've I've gotten really into tracking all my strokes gained. I'd be curious to see like what what your stats. Would you look got like. into it because I got into it, didn't you? Dude, Nick, I was yeah, shocked. Probably. I listened to the last bogey train yesterday while I was working. Um. I was shocked that your putting stats are that bad, Nick. Well, now I could be wrong, but like growing up and throughout high school and um, even some college, I do remember a lot of struggles, but I felt like putting was always a strength for me. Um, Yeah, I've always thought of you as a good putter. Because, I don't know, it sort of always felt like if I ever like needed to make that eight footer, I was always going to make it. But I feel like your weakness has always been your chipping. I see. Um, I feel the opposite because I always feel like when I play with Nick, there's multiple times where he's have a, had a chip and I've been like, yeah, he's going to make this like, and then he just makes it really. See, I don't chip in that much, but see, Bangs has played with me a lot more over the past few years than you know. And I feel like the yeah. past few years, has my ball striking has consistently gotten better and better. And it like, there's just been so many frustrating rounds where I just felt like I never make anything. Like I, I could, I, I could be shooting like, you know, mid to upper sixties and it's usually like That's around, around par. Yeah. Uh, and which is, which is kind of what I've seen. So I have, I've, I've, uh, detailed, I think four, no, maybe three, 18 whole rounds so far this year. So it's only three rounds. It's not a huge sample size, but all of my rounds, Putting from seven to twenty-one feet, so like, which is where your your birdie looks are. Yeah, um, you're not getting a ton of birdie looks less than seven feet, and so it's like the you know those are the putts where you want to, you know, make a couple of them each round, you know, for birdies to sort of build some momentum. And like, I'm losing multiple shots around from that distance. That's terrible. But so, I think I think Jangs, you said something like on the pot about it. it all that needs to happen is you make like a couple 15 footers. That's, that's honestly what it is. Like I'm looking at mine from today. Um, like all it was, was I rolled in a couple, you know, seven footers and that really, you know, helped. Yeah. But I mean, it also cancels out. If you, if you make one seven footer and miss another seven footer, I mean, it basically levels itself out. So um noah did you listen to my uh u.s open qualifying recap episode 
Mm, I don't think so. No. Yes, that was in that. That was that episode. Yeah, you talked about no, that. Was, that wasn't the most recent episode. So that was that was a couple you episodes talk, ago. You talked about it in the yeah, recent. Well, I, one. I, I talked about it uh, like because because I I put my my round into uh, yeah. So I so I, I did talk about it briefly. It wasn't like the full. But, yeah. So yeah, I made that. I mean, and my punch stroke. Did you had you did you have anything like that you wanted to say about it or? I heard no, it was uh, impossible. I saw the scores. So, dude, the scores were so high. I was watching it with Mike. We're watching the scores. Seventy-four was medalist, and That's 70, 76 qualified. Speaking how of, long, me- where were the keys? Like, how long was it planned? Uh, between seventy-one and seventy-two, I think. Okay. So like probably like half the holes were all the way back or something like that. It felt like less than half were all the way back. Like it, the oh. the tees felt pretty generous, but just windy. The wind, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, we saw the scores. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, U.S. Open qualifier medalists, Nick, a guy you and I know um, that's played the Dakota Tours Pro Am was the medalist at a qualifier in California. Uh, Harold? No, it was not Harold. It was uh, Kyle Karazisis. Oh, yeah, that guy. That guy's good. He's a striker. Yeah, he's very good. Which one? Who's Harold? We played with him last year. He ended up. Um, he ended was up unconscious the... under a bridge somewhere outside <laughs> of Vermillion. <laughs> that guy. I tell you what, he was a he was a legend for sure. Shout out Harold. Shout um, out Harold. Let's... No, I guess uh, there was no reason for me to bring that up other than just like that was that's the only round this year where my putting stats haven't been terrible and they were just elevated by one really, really long putt that I made. Otherwise, they would have been pretty bad from that round too. So that's uh, – we got to figure it out. But you got a new uh, putter. I did. Yeah, I've, that... I've slapped it around a few times on the putting green. Okay, how does it feel? Feels good. Uh, going back to the white hot insert that I, you know, have had in my Rossi that I've had forever. Last year, I went to that ping that was a super firm uh, feel off the face. So this is kind of going back to the soft. Um, I do like the white hot. It's a uh, it's it's a different style of putter than I've ever had. I've never had like the fang shape with a plumber's neck. So it's kind of interesting. It was sort of a sort of an impulse decision, but I mean, figure I can't put worse than I was. So sold off the other one and bought this <laughs> it's one. Only, it's only uphill for me. Yeah. yeah. Broke even if not, if not made a little money off the transaction. So financially, okay. you know, didn't, didn't, didn't touch, didn't do anything there. That's phenomenal. Um, so basically just a trade. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it develops. Um, should we talk, talk about PGA? the PGA Championship? Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. So, first off, Noah, do you have any just gloating you have to do up front? Or, you know, how, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. <laughs> they uh, They said it couldn't be done. They said that, you know, guys on the live tour only play three rounds. How can they compete in a four round tournament? Um, 
And I say, this is how. That's what I say to that. Fair enough. Uh, did you get to watch much of it? I watched all day Sunday. Okay. Uh, what was your, like, you know, were you, were you locked in? Were you engaged? How was like, dude, I thought, and I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but this was the most entertaining golf tournament I've seen in like a year. (laughs) Um, Sort of, that's sort of, um, I was, I was thinking similar things. If it didn't, if, if uh, Crown Vic, which we'll we'll talk about some Crown Vic, uh, I can't take credit for that nickname. That's Jang's. Thank you. Um, if he didn't, you know, hit that hit that terrible shot on sixteen and give it away as Brooks was making a birdie, if it really would have come down to the last hole, yeah, it would have been one of the one of the better finishes in recent memory. But because I mean, like the the whole day leading up to that was really really good. I exactly, think. exactly. That's my point. Like I hear that. I hear sure he gave it away on sixteen. But that, like, what if he gave it away on 18? Then it would have been 17 holes of great golf instead of 15 holes of great golf. It's like, but still got 15 holes of neck and neck golf. Are you saying that this tournament is better than last year's PGA Championship? Um, I think last year's PGA Championship finish was by far the best major finish we've had, probably, and second best major finish we've had in the last two years. Second best in the last two. Years. Number one's Maddie Fitz. Huh. Um, last year's PGA was it was just weird. I mean, the Mito um, Pereira electric shock therapy into the water and JT coming back. The Zalatoris JT playoff was 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 pretty sweet. Um yeah, I think I mean, and maybe it was just Southern Hills playing really tough. But I mean, the golf. It felt like the golf was better this week. But maybe, maybe Southern Hills is just could be right. Yeah, that much harder. I don't know. Um, but you know, it sort of got me thinking. Like, do do we just do we just start with our apologies right off the top? Or yeah, let me go first. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm all ears. I I have some things to walk back, and this is not just about the majors this is about multiple things uh i believe if you go back many many episodes uh when we first talked about live i think it was actually our second or third episode i did say only washed up professionals like brooks kepka go to live and i would like to go on the record and retract that statement that brooks kepka is washed up um Jinx, I want to hear you say three words, all right? I was wrong. That's all I want to hear. I also would like to apologize for saying that a a live golfer would not win a major this year. I would like to apologize for saying Brooks Kepka will not make the Ryder Cup. And Noah? Yeah? I was wrong. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you don't know how much you don't know how much I've been waiting to hear that. You know, Nick. Go ahead. No, uh, Jangs. I, you know, I know you included, you know, Brooks Kepka not making the Ryder Cup. I want to be specific here. I remember last week, straight up, I said, based off of, you know, we're not thinking about team room. We're thinking performance on the golf course. Would you rather have Brooks Kepka or Ricky Fowler? You, would you remind me who, who you, you said you'd rather have? I believe I said Ricky Fowler. 
Mm, and I, I'm 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 as big a Ricky Stan as you will find, and even I was. Uh, I, I don't know about that. Um, so yeah, that was that was a pretty that was a pretty quick turnaround for that to blow up in your face. Yeah, that took all of five days. <laughs> that does that does change our Ryder Cup discussion, though. It does because now Brooks is auto cued. Yeah, Brooks is one hundred percent going to be on the team. So, um, which is so absurd. Yeah, now, he's played two events and he's auto cued. So then, you know, we could talk about it a different time. So then that either leaves one spot up for grabs with all the guys we were mentioning last time, or are we at the point where if JT doesn't turn things around, is he maybe not going to be on the team? I can't imagine. Captain I'm not Zach making Johnson, another prediction. I can't imagine him not having JT on the team, but you know, we'll have to see what happens if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't turn things around pretty quick. Last time I predicted something, it blew up in my face. So I'm not going to do that ever again. We'll wait and see. James, um, James, those those are some hot takes. I actually, I actually respect the confidence in you taking those takes when you did. But I mean, yeah, you, you can't just you can't just you know stay on the line. Sometimes you got to step off a little bit. You know, yeah, you got to stick to your guns. Yeah, I'm, you gotta you gotta try and cheat the system a little bit, and you know, sometimes maybe, you're wrong. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Yeah, you. I mean. What are they going to remember? You just with a boring take, they're like, oh, Brooks Kepka, yeah. Or yeah, a hot take, like, hey, Ricky. And then if it pans out, it pans out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, you don't, people, you don't have people to- will remember forever if it pans out, but nobody's yeah. going to remember six months from now that I said Ricky Fowler should be on the Ryder exactly. Cup team over Brooks Kepka. Nobody prefaces. Unless I keep reminding everyone. Team. Yeah, every episode is just going to be like, and remember. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to preface a cold take that everyone agrees with. You do have to preface a hot take, and that's what people come here for. So, that is I respect true. it. So, I I have some apologies. Um, pretty much, pretty much directed solely uh, towards Brooks Kepka. I don't think now I could be wrong. I may have said when you know when we've been talking about live that you know a live golfer won't win a major and only you know washed up guys. I can't remember if I said anything quite as spicy as you are owning up to. But as far as Brooks goes, um, I do remember one episode in particular. I, I uh, said Brooks Kepka having four majors is maybe one of the greatest flukes like in sports history. I do remember saying that. Um, <laughs> that aged and, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that aged well. Um, you know, I was more majors than Rory, which is tough. That's crazy. And so there's, there's basically just that. I mean, I don't, um, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily apologize for like not seeing this coming or not expecting a big year from Brooks. Like, you know, a lot of the, um, live bots that, you know, Oh, of course, you know, we all saw this coming and they're sort of roasting a lot of people for a few months ago, like saying that, you know, Brooks and Bryson were, you know, totally terrible now and all this stuff. But I mean, Based off of the golf they were playing at the time, I don't know that you can blame people that sort of uh, wrote off Brooks. I mean, it was it was only three months ago that he shot 78-78 and missed the cut in the International Series Oman. I mean, and he was he, both he and Bryson were outside the top 100 in data golf, which factors in live. So. 
I mean, it's pretty much just an all-time turnaround. Like, I don't think even if if the the live, you know, the live super fans or the Brooks super fans or the team team smash season ticket holders. I believe were, uh, I'm a team smash GC guy, aren't I? No, I'm four aces, maybe. Which one's P read on? Uh, he's on four aces. Shit. Um, but I don't even think if they were being honest that they would have said, okay, yeah, Brooks is, is winning a major this year. Like we definitely know he's going to turn around. I mean, this has been a, a pretty all time turnaround, you know, especially with all the Netflix stuff coming out, you know, with showing the injuries and mostly the self doubt that Brooks had. I mean, to him, for him to be back and just totally w- with his, 2019 swagger just absolutely being the best player on the property and he knows it and everyone else knows it and it was pretty much like you know victor played well and we'll talk about victor but it was it it pretty much was never in doubt on sunday i mean brooks gets off and birdies two three and four and built like a three-shot lead like in the snap of a finger uh it it you know, it's it's sort of obviously hindsight is, you know, maybe playing a factor, but it it felt like that was going to be the outcome the entire way. And Brooks is Brooks is definitely back to what he was doing. Yeah, Nick, you mentioned full swing too, um, and it's been very interesting to look at just the two majors this year since full swing release, uh, where where Brooks kind of talks about you know he he can't go out and compete with guys like Scotty. Um, and then you, you look at the masters and he, you know, goes out and he's just, you know, rushing the field for 54 holes and just kind of falls, falls back on the last round. Um, and then you go to this past Sunday where, where Scotty's making a charge, uh, and Brooks is, Brooks is putting it aside. He's not having none of that. He is just going to keep, keep going, keep making birdies. Uh, and like, like you mentioned, we kind of have that 2019 Brooks swagger back, uh, you know, just the guy that was so dominant for two or three years in majors. Um, and just not even with his wins. Yes. He's a five-time major champion now, three PGAs, two us opens. Uh, but you add into that, that, I believe I heard a stat that he's finished top 10 in half of his majors he's ever played. I mean, the guy is just on a, a major, you know, kick. He's just that good when it comes to the majors. This is a guy that even though he fell apart for a couple of years, he's, uh, he's going to be back and, you know, he's only 33. Phil didn't win his first major until he was 34. I mean, we could have four, five, six more years of Brooks winning majors, and he could maybe get into the double digits. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, I'm still not a huge fan of just Brooks, the guy, never really have been. But at a certain point, I mean, you have to just appreciate, I mean, he has five majors, and, you know, he's sort of, and we always get prisoner of the moment sort of situation, but just based off of what we saw this last week, you'd have to think, I mean, there's, there's probably at least two more 
out there and maybe maybe even more than that and and we're looking at you know sort of we're looking at an all-time great here and it just sort of makes me wonder like how how and when did this happen like how did how did brooks kepka become like the, uh possibly the best golfer of this generation like he you know he was never he was never the guy growing up that was like the the junior golfer that everyone was looking out for he played at florida state he had by a lot of measures, you know, a, a somewhat average, I mean, just a not great uh, college career. And then, you know, goes and plays challenge tour over in Europe and then some European tour and ends up getting his way onto the PGA tour. And then all of a sudden he's just this dominant force in majors that is just, um, just destroying everyone. It's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, it is just you know crazy this this tear that he's went on. Um, and you know, even looking at his career as a whole, he uh, you know he gets his first tour win in 2015 at the WM Phoenix Open. Uh, does not win again until 2017 when he wins the U.S. Open, and then he wins the next year at the U.S. Open in 2018, and then he wins the PGA. And then he wins the PGA in 2019. And it's just, I mean, this guy was on such a a hot streak. And during that time, I mean, just his other major finishes uh, were, were insane. I mean, you look at 2017. So he finishes first at the U.S. Open, T6 at the Open. He obviously wins two majors uh, in 2018. And that's, he missed the Masters that year. Is that when he had his knee injury? Or why did he miss the Masters that year? I don't know what that would have been for. Um, 2019, his worst finish in a major was tied for fourth at the Open. He had two second-place finishes that year and a win. 2021, he had three top tens. So far this year. And, I mean, 2021, that was like right in the middle of him dealing with injuries. Yeah. He was not healthy that year. Through the two majors this year, he's gone T two and first. I mean, this is this is kind of that signature Brooks form that we saw, and 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 just the fact that like, I don't know something something turned around. He found it with the putting. Obviously, maybe we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he pretty much called his shot. Like in the in the press conference before the week. I mean, someone asked him about Ryder Cup, and he's like, "Well, that's not really my focus." Um, I mean, we'll see what happens, but you know, if I, if I go second, first, first, first in the majors this year, I can't really imagine I wouldn't be on the team or, you know, however the quote went and I mean, he just goes out and wins this week. Um, you know, and then before the final round, he's like, yeah, I know what I did wrong at the masters. And I promise he literally, he said the words, I promise. He's like, I promise I'm not going to do that again. And I mean, he was, he was brilliant on Sunday. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what else there is to add to Brooks other than if we get into the little, into some of the details on, you know, like his, his putting and iron game and things like that. So Brooks kept had a wrist injury in the 2018 masters. I, okay. I mean, that's a long time ago for me to think back. Um, yeah. 
just I mean, a, was, a few of the moments from Sunday from Brooks that stood out. I mean, that laser beam of an iron he hit into the third hole, a uh, long iron he hit to like four or five feet, made birdie. The so he bogeyed six and seven. I mean, it was a really it ended up being a really good bogey on six that he made. Uh, his birdie putt that he made from the fringe on twelve was huge. I think Victor was was in closer with a birdie putt too. His, uh, you are correct. He, yeah. he, he made like a ten footer downhill slider on thirteen for par. Um, I think Victor had made birdie too, so that was to avoid a two shot swing. That was That's a correct. huge putt. And then uh, his tee shot he hit on fourteen, hit driver right on the green. And then, of course, the birdie on 16 that completely sealed it and gave him a four-shot lead, a three-shot swing on that one hole. So it was just – just That'll do it. Stepped on some throats. Oh, my gosh. I just went the leaderboard scroll. We can talk about this in a little bit, but – Kurt Kitayama? Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things is Brooks probably just found it with the putting. I mean, for the, for a couple of years in there, the putting was a struggle for him, um, and which you know that that was documented in the in the Netflix series. But he made some stone cold putts. Yeah, for sure. He just he just kind of got that look that if he has that ten footer that he needs to make, he's gonna make it. I feel like that's the stat too that like. Whenever a guy's first in strokes gain putting, like they win. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know where he actually ranked in strokes gain. I think he was thirteenth in putting. Actually, now that I, now that I recall, really, but he was, he was like top five in every other category. You know, it's like, like I swear that's always the one they bring up. Like, oh, this guy's first in strokes gain putting, and he's in the lead. Honestly, think his biggest strength is probably his iron game. I mean, he's he's a good driver. Really? Obviously. Yeah, I think he's he, phenomenal. His, his first couple of days at Augusta, when he built up that big lead, um, his it was just dart after dart after dart, and yeah, you know, seeing a lot of true. similar things. Like he his his approach game is is pretty dang I mean, good. He, he honestly he doesn't really have a weakness, really. Like. That's, he's that's long, the thing. Yeah. He's long and plays a solid little fade off the tee. Very consistent. He's he's pretty much always dialed with the irons. And if his putter's hot, he wins. He's I mean, just from looking at the the data golf, the strokes gained from the event last week. I mean, it's not like he was a you know a, a master of all trades. Uh he was almost more like a jack of all trades and you know. I wouldn't say master of none, but he's not like top five in uh, a lot of these categories or really any of these categories Uh, around the green. I guess he's fourth, but everything else, he's like 10th, 15th. I wonder Uh, if that's a byproduct of the course playing hard. It it could be, but he was, he was just consistent is what he was. Uh, You know, he gained somewhere between one, and 1.3 shots per round okay. uh, in putting around the green approach and off the tee. So strokes so gained T to green. Strokes gained T to green. He was third. Um, Here's what I want to say. what I have. 
Do you have Scotty on that, Jengs? I do. Because I wanted to bring up Scotty because I swear he's on the leaderboard in every single tour event in the, for the last year. Like, he's he like, he's right, he on the lead. Like, you're watching him on Sunday every single... And if his putter, like, his putter was cold this week, so he lost by, like, what, three strokes? Or, like, four strokes or something? Uh, he lost by two shots. Scotty did? Yeah, Brooks shot nine under, Scotty shot seven under. Yep. See, and Scotty's putter was cold. <laughs> Scotty was 35th in the field in strokes game putting this week. That dude yeah, is so, so a little good. Above average, yeah. No, yeah, it's unbelievable. It, it like, yeah, the fact that Scotty hasn't been putting well for like months now, and but he also hasn't finished outside yeah. the top 12 since like eight months ago or something, that's, that's what something sickening. Like, his name is just on the TV leaderboard. He's it's like you're playing your video game rival every single week, like, he's just there, right? It, it truly is like you're playing a video game because when you're doing those career modes, it's like you know, you're, you're just furious if there's one event that you're not in. Yeah. Intention, you know, like that that's it's literally like, Scotty in real life right now. Every it's like single Donkey week. Kong. It's like Donkey Kong when I play Mario Kart. It's like DK is always up there. It's like, come on, I have one bad race for me. Okay, so Brooks was sixth in strokes gained approach, third off the tee, first total, fourth in strokes gained around the green. Um, so T to green, he was third and strokes gained putting. Yeah, I think uh what are you? He was just are, incredible. Are the across 11th the board in strokes gained putting. So wow. it, I'm just. This is in the PGA Championship website. It isn't showing was, up all the major strokes gained categories. He was not outside the top 11 in any of them. Yeah, data golf is different. I don't know what what that is. Um, but anything anything else on Brooks? Uh, he's he's back. Oh yeah, um, and I just figured, just sort of throw the question out there, see if we agree with Phil. Um, you know, it's just sort of a a sentiment that live is basically like the perfect fit for Brooks because he never really cared that much about normal events anyway. <laughs> That's so, so true. He can just sort That's of true. collect collect a whole bunch of money, do these events that it, it's clear he he's not like trying to build the live brand like Bryson. Um, he's just yeah. sort of like, you know, he's, I like noticed Bryce, that too. He, like, was, he was wearing Nike, just, just like regular Nike hat, regular Nike shirt. This right. Week. Yeah. And then like after the event, you know, Bryson is like saying things like, yeah, this totally validates live. Like this is a big deal for live. You know, it shows that, you know, we're vindicated and all that we've been saying. And then, you know, Brooks yeah. is asked about like, you know, what this means for live. He's like, well, not really anything like that. All this means is that just, I won the PGA. Yeah, he doesn't care. He just cares about his his career, which is which is kind of cool. He was kind of that way on the PGA Tour too. He just was like, I just care about my career. Yeah. Um, and so then Phil had tweeted out earlier that well, Live is the perfect setup for you know playing well in majors because um, you know you have less events and you're less likely to get burnt out. And um, so. Basically, long story short, he just said it's the perfect schedule to be able to peak in the majors. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything to that or if, you know, Brooks is just being Brooks because, you know, he was able to peak for the majors well yeah. before Liv was a thing. 
Um, yeah, I think that's kind but, of an up to the player kind of decision. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, there's Phil's probably on to something in where like I think a lot of the players do get a little burnt out because they play so many events. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, Phil just having to just lay it on so thick, like live is the perfect setup if you want to play well in the majors. Whereas, you know, from, you know, now on, it's basically only the players that are exempt having one majors that are going to be in the majors because all of them have dropped out for world rankings. So sounds like a, sounds like a marketing tagline for the, yeah, the perfect setup Um, for playing well in the majors. Should we move on to Victor? A man crowned Vic, please, please. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is just an apology or a developing situation, but I've noted plenty of times before, especially after the Masters, that you know Victor just never felt like a threat in the final round. Um, you know, I still felt it's like okay, he's popping up on leaderboards, but this final round thing just isn't going very well. I don't think what he he has it yet, uh, what it takes to close out one of these big ones. But he was awesome on Sunday. Victor was. Um, shot after shot he made some huge putts I was thoroughly impressed with how he played three straight majors now he's been in the mix Um, the open last year he was in the final group uh, struggled on Sunday but and then the Masters this year he was in the second to last group and then this year uh, or the PGA a few days ago final group on Sunday and, you know, going toe-to-toe with Brooks, you know, basically matching him shot for shot for most of the round. Um, I mean, it looks like he's he's going to win a major soon. I mean, his ball striking, he's always there. And uh, I think I think one of them is going to fall his way pretty soon. I'm, I've totally come around on, on Crown Vic. It's going to yeah. happen. It's going to happen. As the, uh, the co-leader of the Crown Vic fan club, um, I, I accept your apology and we welcome you with open arms. Uh, this is, this is a guy that I, I have not had a lot of doubts on. Um, yeah. After the masters, we talked and he, he didn't, didn't play that well in the final round. And you say he didn't, you didn't feel like he was a threat. Um, but I, I knew that it was just a matter of time before, you know, he, he breaks through and this week it looked like a perfect week to do it. Uh, he was, like you said, matching Brooks shot for shot. He really did everything right in that final round until the 16th hole. Um, you know, especially was, considering he was wearing orange on Sunday, yeah. too, because I thought that was cursed. He's wearing orange like every single day. I mean, uh, yeah. Cursed because Ricky couldn't get anything done? Well, just because his entire career. Ricky oh. on Sunday is sort of a, I don't know, sort of a meme. But you, you look at Victor. Uh, you know, you mentioned his ball striking. He was first in strokes gained approach. I mean, this guy, he's got the iron game around the green, which was a big issue uh, for him. You know, his his short game is not outstanding by any means. Um, but he was twelfth this week. He was twenty fourth in putting uh, off the tee. He struggled. He was thirty third. Um, you know, his, his approach game carries him. It's just the, everything else we talked about Brooks was, you know, really pretty consistent. He was good in everything. 
Victor was great in ball striking, but everything else is just average. You know, it, if Victor wants to get one of these and we want one of these to fall his way, you know, the putter's got to get hot. Uh, he's got to be a little bit better off the tee. You know, just kind of watching some of his tee shots on Sunday alone. I mean, there were a couple of loose ones to say the least. He, uh, yeah, he, he definitely. So he, you know, he, he almost exclusively plays that little stock cut that he's got. And, you know, he just has, it seems like they can kind of go both ways, just overcut into the left, but then, or into the right rough, but also sometimes just not cut, just hit that double cross left. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, you mentioned the putter. I mean, obviously the, the putting stats are important, but sort of a, sort of an eye test thing is just making big putts in the final round when it matters. And there were quite a few that it's like, okay, he has to make this one if he's trying to keep up with Brooks here. And he was just burying them. Yeah. I'm dead center. Just looking at the, uh, the final round stats. Now he, he gained 2.26 shots putting in the final round. Um, which was very promising development. Eighth because the, the, the putting the putting is gen generally like the thing that can slip in the final round due to nerves. So to see like a a a day like that on the greens for Victor, I mean, I can yeah. think of quite a few putts just off the top of my head that were like, you know, pretty pretty stone cold. The the disappointing part is his strokes the end approach in the final round was abysmal. Uh basically no, zero. Yeah. And his strokes gained off the tee, he lost I mean, it's one not point losing. three. Losing one point three off the tee. Abysmal approach. I mean, I mean, you, compared to his his average for the week, I mean that's that's a sharp downturn. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's still it's not like he was losing strokes. <laughs> yeah, he was off the tee though. Um. Anything else on Victor? I mean, pretty much just completely positive things for me. He had some sick fits this week. Eh. Nick, you're not a fan of him. I I loved him. Puma Shoes now, though. Puma Shoes. I mean, Victor, I, I was telling my fiance this week uh, when we were talking about Victor. She's a huge Victor fan. Uh, and I told her that I am right there with her. Uh, James, she is she the co-leader of the Crown Vic? She's the other co-leader of the Crown Vic fan club. Yes, that's great. It's you keep it in the family. I love yes. that. I think. Uh, well, but Rachel, Victor's Rachel's there too. Rachel Victor, has been a uh, has she's she's been a Victor Hovland fan for quite a while at this point. From uh, here on out, when I when people ask me who my favorite golfers are, it is officially Victor Hovland is on the list. He's got to be. How can you not like Victor Hovland? I mean, that's true. You'd have to be. Yeah, he's the Crown Vic. That's when you have to, you know, look in the mirror and realize something's wrong with you. I am am disappointed though because I wanted him to win so I could tweet something stupid like Crown Vic got his crown or something like that. And I just wanted to. Oh geez, hopefully that would have been from your personal account, not the bogey. No, that definitely would have been the bogey train account too. I don't know if I can endorse that. Speaking of the bogey train account, the bogey train Twitter account is kind of popping off this weekend. Yeah, we just got to keep it going. I mean, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is a place to be. Like Instagram is fun, but Twitter, Twitter's it. Twitter's good. Um, we talked about we talked about Scotty a little bit. Um, he didn't make a single putt longer than fifteen feet for the week. That's the entire awesome. week. The entire week. That's awesome. Um, Goodness. 
but <laughs> he, he just he just doesn't make bogeys. He led the field in bogey and worse avoidance. Um, yeah, think about that. He's missing putts and and making pars. Yeah, just <laughs> just hitting the ball like it's his job. It really is his job. He made seven bogeys for the week. Yeah. Four of them were in the front nine of round three. Yeah, that was just just that bad stretch. I mean, a few holes there. I mean, Scotty was, you know, playing just as good as Brooks. I mean, he just had that really shocking bad start to the yeah. third round. There were there were like three story. No, there was like four storylines keeping me gripped to the TV. One was can Scotty bring it back on Sunday. Two was can Brooks get it done now that he's on live. Three was can Victor win a major, and then four was block. Did you know Victor has yet to win on the continental United States? That's still crazy. I think, to me. I think you guys were talking about that. I think I, we talked about that one time on on the pod. He's won in Puerto Rico. He's won in Mayacoba twice. Yeah, there's just now something he's won in, the, in the Bahamas. There's just something in the water twice down here. He's won that event twice. Yeah, he won. He won Tigers back to back years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the contiguous. Just uh, they just get. I just good. want to throw something in there quickly because you were talking about big stories, uh, Noah. And one of the big stories for me, especially the first day, was Kazuki Higa. Oh my gosh! Do we really have to do this? <laughs> I mean, this guy was like three hundred through five. I'm like, oh my goodness! And I saw a lot of tweets popping around that were saying like, how many birdies would he have had to make in a row for you to believe he had a legitimate chance at the PGA Championship? And there's people saying that like he could start 72? twenty, he could start twenty under through twenty holes, <laughs> and I would still like not believe that he would he would win. And That's it just, fair. it comes back. Answer. He ends up finishing. He makes the cut, finishes dead last of the people to make the cut. Uh, 20 over for the week. He, so he was four under through five. He ended up shooting 72 that day, two over par. Follows it up with a 73 and then a 77 and then a 78. We need so, to talk about Kazuki Higa. We do. We do. No, he's, we don't. I promise. He's my guy. He's my guy. James, you have a lot of guys. I got a lot yeah. of guys. That's yeah. good. That's that's good for you. I guess you get to take a lot of credit when they win when they're all his guy. My other that's guy, true. Rio Ishikawa, <laughs> he's like, that's my, guy. That's Open. my guy. No way. Yeah. Good grief. I did not know that guy was still playing golf. I didn't either. Um, do, we t- do we do the Michael Block thing now? The block party? The block this party? This guy. Oh, my gosh, dude. I was losing it. Taking the world by storm. The more, so, the yeah, more people just... talked about him, the more research I had to do. This guy's played in like 14 majors. Yeah, no, he's – this guy This guy can play. Like oh. the – if if – you're sort of hearing the narrative, you know, he's a club pro gives lessons, you know, gets to hit balls once a week. I don't know where that came from, but I don't know. He said that he said it in a presser. Yeah. But I don't that's, think that that's, there's no said, way that's true. Well now, like I believe it now he hits balls once a week. He's just good at golf. It's hard to imagine hitting golf balls once a week 
and playing and being dialed enough to shoot 70, 70, 70, 71 at Oak Hill. I don't know. I don't know. He, I mean, he literally, he said it. He seems like a pretty legit guy. So, I mean, I, I heard an interview from him too. And he said, uh, last year in the PGA, when it was at Southern Hills, he shot 73 on one of the super windy days. Uh, and he was playing right behind Tiger's group. Um, and like, that was kind of the turning point for him. He said, and kind of what he like that he like realized in his like, game oh, I'm, that he oh. he has it. His coach kind of told him like, "Yeah, you've you've got what it takes," and that was kind of the confidence booster for him. Um, didn't really realize he shot like sixty seven or something the first round of the Amex this year. Uh really? He shot seventy three in a super windy day at Torrey South. Um. And then obviously came to the PGA Championship and went 70, 70, 70, 71, which is just. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's no absurd. stranger to professional golf. No, and no. now um, he's obviously get three obviously more no one belt. obviously no one saw this coming. Uh, you know, him sort of being the story of the tournament. But yeah, I mean, he's he's collected a seventy five thousand dollar check before in a in a professional tournament and you know he's uh-huh. been the southern california pga section player of the year a whole bunch of times including last year so you know it's not like he's just a club pro sitting there you know all no, he does yeah. is give lessons i mean this guy the, plays competitive golf this, we can't the storyline yeah the storyline is he's not a pga tour pro right yes that's right. Just, it's not that he's a he's a ho- ho-hum guy that came on tour he's um, either way, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the fact and, that he w- he was sort of in it from early in the week, people started yeah. talking about him. Like, I would say second round, probably, maybe even first round. And uh, yeah, the fact that. That he was it having was... a lot of people talking about him, and he still continued to play this well, I thought was the most impressive thing. I got, I got into the storyline after his Saturday round. Um, I saw a bunch of like Instagram posts about the guy. Like he just fired three seventies in a row. He's a he's a he's a club pro. So I watched a couple of interviews, and I just like got locked in on him. I'm like, show him on Sunday. I'm like, show him more. You guys got to show this guy more. And then his ace on 15 was just unbelievable. The ace, yeah. After after all that, he's like the hype gets built up. He's already you can already there's like a bigger crowd almost following this guy. Than there is following the final group. And then he makes the hole in one. Yeah, the hole in one was just like too much. Like if it wasn't, <laughs> if you hadn't seen it, you'd have thought like, okay. Like yeah. if someone was actually like, you know, writing a script for it, it's like, okay, a hole in one, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a little much. Yeah, come on. And seven iron from 151. Yeah, and just how it happened, like it dunked in. Yeah. <laughs> so Un- with Rory. Unbelievable. Too, like, yeah. His first time ever playing with Rory. Just, yeah, so sick. So where the story kind of caught my attention was uh, like round two. I don't remember if he teed off on the front or the back round two. But, you know, he shot 70 day one. He made five birdies in round one. Uh, and he was, I think he teed off on the back in round two. Because he would have been one, two, three, four, three under. Two under. 
Uh, and then he shanks one on the par three on the front hole five and makes double. And so that's when I kind of got alerted into the, the whole Michael block story. And then obviously round three, he, he fires another 70 playing with Justin Rose. Um, and the big story round four, he's paired with Roy McElroy, you know, and the start of the round, there was all this hype around him. After the first few holes, he kind of like fell off the coverage too. You know, you didn't really hear a lot about Michael Block mm-hmm. uh, the entire round uh, until that ace. And I mean, obviously just a a crazy fairy tale week for a PGA professional to, you know, not only make the cut, um, but fire three straight even par rounds, uh, playing with some of the top guys in the world. The crowd just, you know, absolutely going crazy. You just hear all these fans just chanting, you know, block, mm-hmm. block, block. So and it sad. was just wild. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, to cap it off, making an ace on 15. Uh, and then that up and down on 18, you know, that so 10 footer that he made to keep top 15 to get into next year. Mm, he just snuck it just in. A, just an all-time crazy moment for him. Something uh, tells and, me he would have got an invite next year. Oh, I mean, he would have probably qualified himself into next year. But everything that comes from this, uh, you know, he's a couple sponsors exemptions. He's playing again this week in at Colonial. He'll be playing the RBC Canadian uh, in about a month or so. And he'll be playing next year's PGA. He qualifies because of his top 15 yeah. finish. Unreal. All right. Yeah. I have to tell you, but I got, I got to go boys. I got to get up early and build a All couple right. more keys. So, so you know, right. it's been fair. great. We'll, we'll see you next week. I'll have more stories. It'll be a good time. All right. Thanks for hopping right. on. See you boys. Yeah. All right. Uh, Michael Block. Oh yeah. So you got a couple exemptions. Um, and he's also he also has a U.S. Open sectional qualifying coming up. But he's playing with his son. Yes, his son is uh, also playing qualified in the same one. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um. So there's that too. So we may be seeing him at LACC home game for him. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was, it was really fun to follow just to see, you know, a 46 year old who's you know not a tour pro be able to go out there and play that well and beat so many of the top names that he did beat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was basically, you know, best case scenario for the PGA of America. Cause I know a lot of people, um, maybe not a lot of people, but some, in the uh, golf media world, maybe some of the more cynical folks have been uh, maybe calling for the, either the number of PGA professionals in the field to be decreased or just sort of get rid of them in general, which it would have never happened because that's sort of, you know, one of the things that makes the event run by the PGA of America distinct, but to, you know, to, to have one of the PGA pros, be a part of the story like he was is best case scenario for the PGA. So yeah, the the group of 20 definitely caught a lot of flack this year. Um, But you know, the Michael block story is is huge. 
for that. Um, now, some people it, did uh, take it a little too far, like Jim Nance calling it one of the all-time up and downs. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to chill a little bit. Luke Elvey tweeting, I'm still wiping the tears from my eyes. Like, uh, there was there was a lot of, uh, maybe a little over the top. I mean, he, yeah. he it was a great week. It was awesome. You could tell he was, you know, sort of enjoying uh, what what he certainly thought is the best week of his life. He, but he all, I mean, he finished 15th. It's not like he, he won the thing, Yeah, but, but yeah, shout out, fun. shout out to Michael block, the block party, just a, so, a great uh, story for the week. In the interest of time, should we do all of the, all of the names I've got on there? Or should we just talk some of the biggest disappointments from the I'm going to, I'm going to speed run one of them. Bryson, not surprised. He was at the top. I think I kind of touched on this last week. This uh, this course setup was very similar to Wingfoot 2021, so not surprised that he was you know near the top of the leaderboard 2020 whatever. Not surprised yeah. he was near the top. Um, Rory, I I'm just so dumbfounded because I felt like this entire week that Rory was playing so terrible, and then he, you know, come Saturday night he is like four shots off the lead. And it's just it was so such a weird week for me with Rory. Um and ends I mean, up finishing T seven. I mean in a lot of ways he's playing well enough. He just makes too many stupid bogeys. Yeah. Just too many mistakes. Because he was he right of, near the top. He was right near Brooks for birdies on the week. Yeah. He he kind of mentioned after I don't remember if it was after round one or two that he was playing really conservative and that he's just said he's going to start stepping up and, you know, ripping driver and being a little bit more aggressive, which you look at someone like Bryson, who's at the top of the leaderboard. That's, that's his game, you know, hit it as far as you can kind of bomb and gouge. Uh, you know, it's Rory, something Rory could have done. Corey Connors, Cyril Hatton. I have nothing to say about them. They weren't really on my radar this week. Um, the course, I'll let you go. We can talk about the course. I thought it was pretty fun to watch. Uh, looked a heck of a lot different than last time back in 2013. They made a ton of changes to it. Um, but, you know, I really uh, didn't get to watch quite as much of it as I would have liked. So I'm, I don't have, you know, any super strong opinions on the course other than, you know, the just the uniform rough uh, off the tee. It doesn't doesn't lead to i don't know the best when it comes to entertainment or possibly you know separating the guys in t- in terms of like you know who's really playing the best golf i mean for example i mean there was a tee shot i think it was hole four the par five it sort of turns to the right and before they got all the rain saturday i mean it was almost impossible to hit that fairway i mean there were guys landing it on the right edge of the fairway and it was just bounding all the way through the fairway to the left rough with a fade. So it was, and yeah. Yeah. And so then, you know, once they're in the rough, it's pretty much just a hack out. I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. Course setup. I mean, I get it's a major, I get you want to make it a little bit more difficult. And as fun as this major was, there's nothing worse than, you know, having to, make guys just lay up because they're in the rough. I mean, especially with all the water that you have, the Creek kind of winding through, you know, 
that that's just there's no fun there you know you when you watch golf you want to see guys try and hit these hero shots uh and you mm-hmm. when you have rough so thick you know you can't find your ball you can barely get a swing on it it's it takes away from that a little bit um a little bit but in general i i really love the course the course is really cool mm-hmm. uh kind of that whole whole 14 uh, is awesome yeah 14 is awesome i like six and seven a whole lot too um you know, we kind of talked last week with the the length and stuff like that. No eagles on the par fives this week. I don't think there's a single eagle on a par five for the entire week. Yeah, that's that's a little bit disappointing. Just um, that neither of the par fives were reachable, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it would have been cool to see him like move a tee up one of the days to, to yeah. make it reachable. But uh, other than that, you know, I, I thought the course was was really cool. Um, Hopefully it's somewhere that they will come back to. They kind of seem to be on like a little 10 year kick with uh, Oak Hill. So I'm assuming probably 2033 or so we might see it again. Yeah, it will be interesting to see, especially now that uh, the PGA is in May, if they will go back, I would say they, they might. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. I feel like the, the tournament itself was, was really good. Um, and yeah, you mentioned the changes that they made between 2013 and this year. Uh, you know, I didn't realize that they completely reshaped two of the holes that they yeah, like 15 like was five completely and, different last time. Well, five and six. Um, yep. Five was the par four and six was a par three yeah. last time. And so, then, yeah. um, 15 had a big water hazard on it and that's not there anymore. So, uh, yeah. And, and they just rebuilt like so many of those pin positions that were really tucked. I mean, those are parts of the greens that were new. Like mm-hmm. most of those pin positions weren't even a thing last time. So, um, so there's a couple guys, uh, Corey Connors was sort of leading all day. Saturday was just in a lot of ways, really in control of his game, making a ton of, you know, good putts for par and birdie. Um, looked like he was really, just like really in control and but then uh as soon as so he had the same thing saturday afternoon that happened to victor sunday afternoon on hole 16 uh that also led to a double bogey and um i don't know if you know that was a change in mindset for him or you know if he was still in a good good place but either way he struggled on sunday um i don't know if he just needs some more experience in these situations but uh that was sort of disappointing to see him him struggle Uh, i don't know if you have anything to add on Corey connors yeah not a whole lot um you know just kind of he kind of played like the victor role this week if you remember victor from the masters is kind of you know up there and then just kind of faded that was kind of Corey Connors this week. He was up there for the first three rounds uh, and then just kind of a fade on Sunday. So, yeah, not great. Um, pretty much struggled with all parts of his game. Um, it was, you know, sort of nice to see a hitter. I mean, I wouldn't say he's short, but, you know, not really a bomber to be leading the way. But, and then he, uh, yeah, ended up falling back on Sunday. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, sort of an interesting one. He was seven over through his first 10 holes of the tournament, um, but ended up 
you know, fighting his way, making the cut and ended up having a pretty good finish. Actually. I can't remember exactly where he finished on the leaderboard. Uh, T 15 at one over. So yeah, to get a, to get a top 15 after that start was some pretty promising stuff from Tyrrell 77, 68, 69, 67. Um, I don't know if you have anyone else or, um, I just have a um, couple, uh, couple disappointments. I mentioned Kirk Hidayama kind of a shock for me that he was up as high as he was. Uh, Sepp Straka, a pretty good performance. Cam Smith, uh, someone yeah, those are, those are all just not really, really low, those are all just really low Sunday rounds. Pretty yeah. Much. Uh, you know, Eric Cole is back up there tied for 15th. Yeah. Sneaky played well. Yeah. Um, you know, other than that, uh, nothing. Justin really... Rose was disappointing on Sunday. I was yeah. hoping he would be part of the story coming down the stretch. Nobody Patrick Cantlay, really uh, fraudulent top ten, some might say. Um, just a backdoor T nine was never a factor. Uh, let's, let's talk about some disappointments here. I've got, I've got a couple. I figured you do, and I probably have some as well. Max Homa. Yep. Is is it time to sound the alarms on Max Homa? I don't um, know. I sent you so I sent you that graphic earlier, you know, uh about the the major overachievers versus underachiever. Okay. He is very solidly positioned in the underachiever list when it comes to major championships. He's like the anti Brooks. Yes. Um this is a guy that when it comes to majors, I'm very worried about. I I'm at the stage right now that I don't know if he will ever get one, let alone contend in one. I mean, that's probably a little bit too, uh, a little bit too pessimistic, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. We, I, we need to see Max for how good of a player he is. We need to see him in the mix at a major sometime. Um, JT. Yes. Yeah, still disappointing from JT. Um, you know, he just, he hasn't put it together this year after his major victory last year. He's something you kind of hope for. Uh, and it just, 12. I mean, really other than that PGA last year, I mean, he hasn't played that, that well in quite a while. No. I don't know exactly what's going on with JT, but it's a little bit concerning. Uh, I don't know where he's at in the world ranking or data golf, but I have a question. How is Sean McKeel still playing the PGA championship? I think you get a lifetime invite. Are you kidding me? If you win. This guy got beat by a lot of PGA professionals. Yes. Uh, so Justin Thomas is 14 in data golf, 15 in OWGR. Which is shocking that he's that high in data golf because his game has not been. Maybe it's, maybe it's low key better than uh, uh, Dustin Johnson. Really good first round. Uh, where did he finish here? So he went 67 and then 74, 74, 74. Tough That's... from DJ. But uh, hey, oh, I also, do I need to eat some crow? That Siwon Kim made the cut. 
I think you do. I mean, you know, I was I was tweeting out, you know, early in the week, how is he even in the field? And he ended up uh he had the a, a, one of the better rounds of the day on on Friday with a 68. Uh a tough little weekend, 75-73, but uh I would not have I would not have, I would not have put a single cent on Siwon Kim making the cut. No. Um, also, the fact that he's American, I did not know he was an American. What? He's an American? Goodness gracious. A couple guys I want to bring up. Um, you know, one of my guys we talked about last week, Matty Fitz, we were kind of not very high on, and he missed the cut, so not necessarily a disappointment there. Um, I don't know what, like, he's just really streaky. Yeah. Like, he, when he's playing well, he's playing really well, but he has a lot of weeks that he just yeah doesn't play well so like it's he's one of those guys that's it's hard to have him in your draft kings because you never know what's gonna happen obviously he could play really well any given week but he has a lot of weeks like this yeah uh ricky oh my very disappointing to miss the cut actually drops out of the top 50 in the owgr now which is concerning for uh the open yes he uh, has to have a decent week this week in order to get in the top 50. Cause that's when the cutoff is. It's pretty early. Um, Jay, Jay Sunday. Yeah. Just, Ricky was just an atrocious putting week. Just terrible. So that was, that was tough. Uh, bogey is last hole to miss the cut. Jason Everyone. day. I sort of saw that one coming. I, uh, you know, I thought after uh, after the emotional win the week before, I, I actually I think I did say last the week the victory was, hangover. Yeah, yeah, I was sort of concerned. Uh, um, everyone talking but, about Taylor Gooch that he should be in and he misses the cut. So good. Yeah, I'm just I, I don't know what to do with Taylor Gooch because so clearly, like so, Bryson had shown some form on Live and contends in a major. Brooks has shown shown some form on Live. Has now been you know obviously. Uh, super high finishes in the last two majors. You got Taylor Gooch who had a really good run, but then, so I still don't know what a win on live actually means for the state of one's golf game. I still don't know. Cameron Young was a huge disappointment for me yeah. this week. I, I thought he was going to have a good week. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's probably, you know, uh, you know, one going thing down the leaderboard of the missed not cuts. disappointing about this week. Sung Jay, Sung Jay, first round 80. Like, where was that? You know what was not disappointing was the ESPN coverage. I love the ESPN coverage for two reasons. One, the no laying up guys on ESPN coverage. Hilarious. uh, Them talking. But secondly, I did learn something. Uh, I learned that if if the the station is on uh, network television... It has to run on a 10-second delay. So like a CBS, NBC, you know, they have to run on 10-second delays. If you're not, so if you're like ESPN, for example, you don't have to run on a 10-second delay. So the hot mic situation on the ESPN coverage was amazing. So many instances this week. I mean, you have Jordan Spieth dropping F-bombs here and there. Jordan Spieth clip was awesome. John Rahm was dropping F-bombs here and there. He 
Freaking Tomahawk spiked his wedge into a microphone. John Rahm was like... He was hot on his... He was in some sort of condition this week. Like, he was absolutely fuming. Yes. Um, There was another one, too, that was was really good with the... I think we got a good one from Rory. A good yeah, F-bomb. Oh yeah. He well he called himself a effing cap. Oh. Uh just you know, the hot mic situation on ESPN was great. Uh made for great content, some great tweets. Um and speaking of great content, uh we there was some discussion about slow play leading into the week. I don't know if you saw this, Nick, but they asked Brooks. Uh, how he would punish slow play. Oh, no. Uh, and his quote this. is that he would start stroking guys. Um, you know, very, very suspicious action from Brooks Kepka. To which most of the comments said, wouldn't that actually slow down play? <laughs> oh, man. That was like, did he, did he try to do that or was that like, or was he unaware of how that sounded coming out? Oh, he is just definitely unaware. Uh, that was that was an all-time wording situation. But other than that, I mean, it was another PGA Championship. Our next major is in June, so it's the U.S. Open, um, which is at a course that I definitely know where it is, and I will tell you where it is uh, very shortly. It's at LACC, uh, Los Angeles Country Club. In Los Angeles, yes. California. Yes. Sick track, it sounds like. So I'm excited for that. Where's the Open this year? Royal Liverpool. White Lake. Ah. You know who won there last time? The end of... No, was it Ernie Rory. Els? Or, no, Rory. 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 Look out. You know who won... Uh, Ricky Fowler tied second. You know who won last time at... Uh, Oak Hill. Brooks Kepka. The time before Brooks Kepka. Duffner. Duff Daddy. All right. Anything else with the PGA? Um. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it was fun. Majors are fun. Majors are always fun. Other than that, I don't know how much. Uh, I'll probably watch none of the golf this weekend. Nope. I might just if the block party is, you know, going again, I might kind of watch that. But you'll just have to keep me uh, in the loop if anything is happening. But uh yep. first anniversary weekend coming up this oh. weekend. So. Well, I won't be able to watch it on Saturday for sure. I'll be fitting. Um going yeah, forward. Anything, anything you, else? You kind of mentioned majors are fun. Well, we've got a couple majors coming up for us. Uh, True. In the next couple of weeks. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm a couple of weeks out from the state mid-am. Less than two weeks now. Now it'll be next weekend. So, looking forward to that. Uh, it'll be my first time playing in it as I just turned 25 this year. Happy birthday. Probably don't have all of the rounds in that I would like to have before that, but it's all right. We'll uh, we'll do our best, um, and then the week after that we've got the two man, which yeah, is a busy week. fun tournament. You can that's basically a uh, that's a busy week. Yeah, because we have state golf that Monday and Tuesday. 
It's that late? Yeah, it's been in June for a couple of years now. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, that's always a busy week. Um, I don't know, compared to like three weeks ago, how are you feeling about your golf game? A lot better. Okay, that's good. Putter, putter's kind of been s- slowing down, but um, you know, the the approach game feels a lot better. Quite honestly, I'm convinced. How many years have you been doing the uh, Winter League Simulator League? I think this is the third year. Are you convinced I've gotten worse? I'm convinced it has made you worse. Like I, and I'm just, it's partly from personal experience. Like just the difference in like how my swing feels when I'm hitting golf balls outside and seeing the flight versus in a simulator. I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you don't have the same feeling, but I wonder if I would have gotten, uh, if hitting in a simulator like that often would make me worse or actually make me better. I'm not sure. I don't know. Apparently it made me come over the top a lot more. So we'll blame it on Dan. Dang it, Dan. Uh, anything else? Not that I uh, know of. Uh, there's been another, another good week of the bogey train. I'm just going through. Oh. Usually if I have something to mention, I screenshot it or I uh, save it as a bookmark on Twitter. And I'm not seeing anything that I bookmarked, screenshotted, so I think I'm done. I didn't know how to give that to you. I didn't know more. Any, uh, any purchases coming up other than potentially irons? Um, no. Good on... Yeah, get, get on shoes, get on driver. I, I got a pair of shoes last year. I usually try and just use my shop cred on shoes that I make for the year. So that's fair. So I got that. I got wedges last year, so I'll be good for this year. Um, you know, irons. Uh, I'm pretty up to date. I just got a new three wood end driver last year and a hybrid new shaft. So putter. I mean, I love my putter. I'll probably wouldn't be surprised if I never buy another putter for the rest of my life. So imagine what the paint's going to look like on that thing. In oh my 30 gosh. Years. That looks sweet. I'm going to spray paint it. With like Taylor Montgomery. Yeah. With flames. We need to talk about that bogey. of No, the week. we, that is the bogey of the week. Well, we'll be back next week. Maybe we'll have bogey trains of the week. I don't know. Maybe it was disrespectful to do it at a major, or I just didn't want to, uh, Actually, bogey train of the week, Gino Benelli. Oh my gosh, correct. Did you see that today? Yes. Or yesterday, whenever that was? Yes. Joel Damon's caddy went out and played Oak Hill from the tournament tees. And uh, his front nine, he double bogeyed the first hole and bogeyed the uh, the next eight. So I'm so confused. The, Joel set the over-under form at 84 and a half. And uh, he ended up bogeying the last two to shoot an 85. So it was a pretty spot on over under. But uh, yeah, the double bogey and then eight straight bogeys. I'm going to give a bogey train of the week to Gino. Shout out. I also so I, loved the PGA Tour score graphic for. Yes. That was awesome. I'm looking at this guy's scorecard from the PGA Championship. The guy that got dead last, Chris Sanger. Um, 
And in round one, they just don't have anything for seven, eight, and nine. Really? Yeah, like he didn't withdraw, but they just have nothing. It's so weird. Like for hole seven, all it says, if you go to the shot tracker, it says shot one, 284 yards to water. And then that's just it. Oh, my. So bogey to the PGAChampionship.com leaderboard. Um, he had quite a stretch. Bogey, double bogey, bogey, par, bogey, bogey, bogey in that round. Uh, you didn't want to start with the birdie that came right before that? So he was one under through one and shot an 84. Tough. Or did he start on 10? I have no clue. Oh, I think the he PGA. started on, I think he's, I don't know. The PJ Championship uh, website is a bogey because it doesn't make sense. Speaking of Jason Duffner, did he not play this week? I guess not. Doesn't look like it. Didn't want to defend at uh, the course he won. I don't know why he wouldn't be in the field. He played at the AT&T Byron Nelson. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me why uh, McKeel would be in the field, but not Duffner. Well, yeah. Oh, he withdrew from the PGA Championship. Okay, let's read this. Duffner has yet to give a reason for his withdrawal. He was replaced by David Lingmurth. So, yeah, he just uh, withdrew, apparently. No explanation. Talk about someone that needs to figure out the putter. Duff Day? Jason Duffner, yes. That was a legend. Sure was. Anything else before we cut it off? Uh, nothing from me. All I'm right, just glad well, we made it through this entire podcast before my headset died. True. Get that thing charged, and uh, we will see you next time when we uh, got our spots on the bogey train. Yeah. Buy your tickets. I just got stuck in a bogey train. Mm-hmm.